0: leadership potentially a shapeless concept government perceived as overwhelmingly large put the two together government leadership and you can distill it down to big and cold interested instead in a space where government leadership might be personal and warm maybe that would look like a one-on-one conversation with those we choose to speak for us in our own neighborhoods we see them walking their dogs shopping in our grocery store, talking with neighbors in the coffee shop, cheering from the little league sidelines, witnessing community tragedy, solving problems, and generating opportunities. Now let's get to know them and know what motivates them, what nourishes them, what inspires them. From Studio 67, I'm Ginger Deligal, and this is Pack and Chat, 670 seconds with Florida's local leaders. In Studio 67 with us this afternoon, we have Commissioner Lee Constantine from Seminole County. Commissioner Constantine is a former elected city official. He is also a former member of the Florida House of Representatives and a member of the Florida Senate. And he is now on the county commission in Seminole County and set to be president of this association in a short couple of years. Welcome to the studio, Commissioner Constantine. Thanks, Ginger. Very glad to have you in here today. So as you know, this show is just about our members and other local leaders getting to know you. So let's just start this with what is your Florida story? How did you get here?
1: In the late 50s, my mother packed up an old Ford station wagon with my sister and I, my cousin, because they were going to come and visit. And we drove down to Seminole County, Florida, um, Bear Lake Road, and I, I, I still say that because it's in my district today. and. Um, My mother pulled into the house that my father had originally bought without her. He came down early, you know, set the stage. They wanted to set up a new life. We came from Wilmington, Delaware, and um, my mother pulled into the driveway and looked over at me. I was in the front seat, the oldest, and she said, never send a man to buy a house alone uh, because it was a gray house with yellow shutters and it was horrid it was just the ugliest looking house you'd ever seen and um quickly we had a white house with black shutters um but also we had it was a thousand square feet no air conditioning and we had two families living in there so i didn't even get air conditioning until i was 13 years old didn't know what it was we fought over the my sister and i fought over the fan uh, every every you know summer, because whoever was the best that week did what the parents told you, got the fan because they made us feel like this fan that you can buy at Kmart for ten dollars was the most expensive thing in the world, and they had an in-house or in-room air conditioner, but my sister and I had to fight over the fan. So whoever was the best that week got the fan and uh, I became a very good boy because of that. (laughs) Because I wanted that fan. Was it a metal oscillating fan? Oh yes, that's exactly, but you could put it right in front of your face and you could actually sleep on the hot summer nights. And like I said, my family was starting a restaurant My father had started, so he had brought his father down. So my room was me and my grandfather. And my grandfather would work at nights at the restaurant, so he would come in about 1 o'clock. I can't remember until I was 13 that I actually got a real night's sleep because he would come in, into my room. He slept with me. We had separate bed, but he slept in my room. And he snored so bad. And so... As a child, I would have to wake up and kind of tickle his feet to make him turn over so I could get back to sleep. So that was my that was, I had a great you know don't don't make a mistake. I had a great childhood. But, um, you know, the good news is my family made me think that I had a great childhood because we had nothing. But I loved it. You know, I worked myself in the restaurant starting. <clears throat> At seven.
0: What kind of restaurant?
1: Well, it was a it was a general restaurant, but we turned it into Maryland Fried Chicken. My father started my mother and father started Maryland Fried Chicken. In fact, I know you know my mother, so you can ask her those questions. She'll tell you a lot of stories. But at seven years old, they started letting me make the coleslaw. Uh, Can you imagine a seven-year-old making coleslaw? How fun for you. (laughs) You It was great for me, because I got to put my arms in there, but think about that, you know? (laughs) It wouldn't work today. And then by um, the time I was 13, I was the kitchen boy, uh, and cooking and cutting all the chicken, still have scars on my hands. By the time I was 16, I was the manager of my own store, and making a heck of a lot of money that I put, my mother told me to put all away, so that I could go to college, and not have to worry about getting money from the family which I did and she she, you know I mean I was able to go to college without you know ever worrying about the family money
0: well, and it's amazing how many Florida stories start with a station wagon. Yes. and uh, From the north. From the north. Yes. And from the northeast in particular. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my first job at 14 was as a dishwasher. Yes. So I, no.
1: I, I know what that's yeah. all like. Oh, I had um, to do dishwashing. I had to cut chickens. I had to cook chicken. You know, and, and still to this day, my favorite comfort food is fried chicken. I love fried chicken. One. Yep, it is. So what's your favorite fried chicken these days? Well, my family, all, the interesting thing is we had, at one point, over 250 stores. My father eventually through some bad business deals, lost it all. but my individual cousins kept individual stores. So I have a cousin that owns one in Union Park, which is out in East Orange County. I have another cousin that owns one in Apopka. I have another cousin that owns one in Leesburg. And so whenever I get you know, I have to have chicken. I will drive to Union Park to my cousin, who's also my godson, and I will go in the kitchen and I'll cook the chicken myself. and uh, bring it home and usually bring a barrel. Remember barrels and buckets? I would usually I'll bring a barrel so I'll have chicken for a whole week. Sounds so. like maybe
0: a fact field trip is in our future <laughs> for Commissioner Constantine to be cooking for some of his uh, fellow leaders. I can still cook a chicken pretty well. So tell me, you've been an elected official at every <clears throat> level in the state of Florida. What made you
1: run for county commission? I never. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but mostly I never got over the fact that, of all the positions I had, the most self-satisfying was local government. I started as a 25-year-old city commissioner, and you know, I. I, I it was something that I. You, know, you see the lady, little old lady coming out of the Publix or the Winn Dixie, and they want you to do something for them. That, that instant gratification meant a great deal to me now i loved the fact especially in the senate that i could change so much public policy and and you know that i had you know some landmark legislation but I can remember the first day I came into the legislature in '92, in the house, and somebody brought me in another legislator and said, "Now, listen, these decisions are going to be so difficult, and there's so many of them, and this is going to be so much different than local government." And I said, "You see these people up here in the in the in the, in the you know that are watching us uh, in the in the in the chambers." they're mostly lobbyists and tomorrow they'll need me for something so even if I vote against them today tomorrow they'll still be up in my desk asking me if, if I can help them in something else that's not the same with a constituent that walks out of a Walgreens or a, a, a Walmart or a Publix and says I want you to fix that pothole in my backyard or my in my, in my street and if you don't I'll never vote for you again. That is pressure. And, um, you know, I mean, I I loved making the big decisions for the 20 million people of Florida, but it was so much, to me, self-satisfying to help the people that I know personally back home. So when I came home from the legislature after 18 years... You know, for the first two years, uh, from ten to 12, 10, 2010 to two thousand twelve, I was not in office, and and you know I was making for the first time in my life uh, quite a bit of money because I was really concentrating on my business, and all of a sudden, folks came to me and said that they had started a petition drive to put me on the um, county commission, and you know, for a long time, I thought about it and I said, no, no, I, you know, I've had my, at the time, 32 years in office. And I said, you know, I've done my time. Um, but as I went along and the momentum started and they got more and more petitions, uh, signed and they kept pressure on, I finally, again, called my mother and I said, mom, what do you think? I'm making a lot of money here, but, uh, they want me to run for office. And she said, Lee, you were born to be a public servant. You will never be happy unless that's something that you're doing, that you're making a difference. And so I signed up, and um, you know I signed up the last day of qualifying. They had almost gotten all the enough enough signatures. <laughs> I signed up, and um, I think my opponent had been a 22-year incumbent, had $100,000 in the bank, and I had zero and zero. I put my own money up to qualify, and two months later in the primary, won by 10 points. So, you know, that's where I'm at. This is now I just got elected to my third term, and I love it. I love county government. I, I It really is so wonderful to be part of... Um, the fabric of your community every day.
0: So on that note, you know, you're you're an overachiever and i mean that in a good sense that you're a leader of your community you're a leader in your family there are literally thousands tens of thousands of people who are depending on you to get up every day to show up and to do the right thing and this show is all about you all on the front lines of our communities here in Florida, literally face to face, not always pleasant exchanges. Sometimes they get ugly and nasty and even threatening in a personal safety standpoint. So, what keeps you going, though? Are there are there things? Are there are there daily practices? Is there exercise? What helps you keep that balance with all of these things that you are achieving in so many different aspects of your life?
1: You know, I I, I sometimes ask me that I ask me that question personally. I say, what are, what are you doing this for? Um, I, I wake up every day excited that there's the potential to make a difference. I was told one time that I was the luckiest son of a gun in the world, and I, I, I'm, I'm you know, making that sound better, it was really son of a something else. But I was the luckiest um, person in the world, and I answered, why is that? And they said, because at a very early age, you knew what you wanted to do, and you did it. And you wanted to serve. And I have, I've, I've you know, I mean, I, I have had the opportunity at the city, the state, and now the county level, and. To serve the people that I love the most. And one of the things about Florida, and I recognized this when I was in the legislature, very few people <clears throat> actually represent the people that they grew up with. It's hard. They know your flaws. They know everything that you've done wrong mm-hmm. in your life, and I've done many. And and you know, and and God thank the people that I serve because they they're they're forget forgiveful. Maybe forgetful too, but they're forgiveful. But I'll remember I was at a public hearing or I'm sorry, a community meeting in Bear Lake. We're gonna go back to Bear Lake. Uh, and I was you know, I was talking to the folks, they were asking me about some issues and and um, and and one old man, over ninety, came up to me and he said, I remember you when you threw eggs at my house at Halloween. And I had to admit, I said, yes, sir, I probably did. And he said, that's okay. You turned out all right and I vote for you every time. Do you know how incredibly wonderful that made me feel? That he knew me when I was 12 years old and threw eggs at his house because I didn't, you know, for whatever, I was a kid, right? And he was proud of the fact that he knew me as a child and brought me up or helped you know as part of it and knew me and he's always voted for me in every race and he said and you you've done good you've done good kid and that's the way he said and this is just last couple of years ago so i have the the the, the real pleasure and honor of Serving the people that I grew up with. I mean, I went to Lyman High School right there in Seminole County. I went to UCF, which is right on the border of Orange and Seminole County. And, you know, I'm, I'm home And I love the people that I serve. And, um, um, you know, I can't tell you that they love me, but they keep electing me. So, you know, I've never lost an election in 42 years, 41 years. Well, it sounds like your constituents in
0: your community is very intricately interwoven into you and you carry them everywhere you go. So one of the other things that we always talk about on this show is, well, is going back to the late representative John Lewis and a march that he took across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And that day he had a backpack, and certainly Representative John Lewis is a leader of uh, among leaders in this country and frankly, around the world, an international leader. But that day he had a backpack and he had some things in that backpack that he felt were going to sustain him on the next part of his journey, knowing that he may be arrested once he got to the other side of the bridge. So stories like the one that you have just shared, but are there other things that, let's say you were with him that day and going across a bridge, or even in your own journey going across a bridge, if you were to take a backpack with you to the other side, what would you want to sustain you as a leader to keep well,
1: going? Ginger, a lot of people ask me, and and, and, and you've seen it before, I always carry a college rule notebook. And in you that, do. Yes, I <laughs> yes, do. <you> do. <laughs> and in that notebook, I have a list for every day of something I want to do. I have a list of uh, the things that I have to do. I have a list of the finances. I have a list of you know, writings. I write down my notes and my, my thoughts. and. I've been doing that since I was 13 years old. I, for whatever we know, one of my uh, political uh, friends, uh, but heroes, is, is um, Bob Graham former governor, former senator. Uh, and um, he and I sp- have spent a lot of time, me a Republican, him a Democrat, going around fighting for conservation here in Florida. But he did that. And I don't, I, I did it before I even knew him, before he did that and everything. But he and I always used to have fun talking about what he put in his Notebook, and he had a very small notebook, and I, like I said, I have a college rule notebook. But both of us admitted that we would be lost without it. And not going with, I've never lost one of them. I can still go back to July 28, nineteen eighty two, and tell you what I did on that day. But because I have all the notebooks put away. But if I didn't have a notebook with pens, I think I'd be lost. So because I, I write you know my thoughts, my ideas, my, um, my finances, whatever. So that that has to be the first thing that I would pack, or I'd be lost. I probably because I'm not putting it in my backpack. I I, I, you know, I would carry the iPhone, um, you know, in my pocket, but I would put a solar charger somewhere. I gotta have a solar charger for everything. Um, I need something sharp. You know, if you're going to do that, you know, razor or, or knife, uh, simply to make sure that I've, you know, got a tool. Um, and then I would, you know, I mean, I could go on. I, my, uh, I, a number of years ago, and continually, my, my mother, and I keep going back, but she's, uh, she's one of my, she is my hero. But she gave me a, 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 a book of thoughts that she wrote in her life, and so I, I always refer back to them and um, quite often, and so I would always, I would bring that. I think I would have to, I'd have to have a toothpaste and, and a toothbrush. Um, cannot stand not having that fresh feeling. That's one of the reasons why you gotta bring a razor too. And um, because most of my political life, many people associate me with the environment and water, which I'm very proud of. I'm I'm very proud that that is is, is part of my I hope legacy. Um, I always care. I would always have a water bottle, not not a plastic water bottle, but a water bottle and purifier, um, because gotta have that. And the last thing, I think that I would have to have. Is I'd have to have a bathing suit. Um, I'm a beach, a beach bum. I'm a beach boy. I, you know, I've got a sand volleyball court in my backyard. I have a full size beach. I'm a, live on a lake, even you know, even though I live in the interior of the state. I, um, you know, I surfed when I was younger. I played beach volleyball, um, you know, around the country when I was a little bit older. And uh, got to have got. And I swam in college, high school, um, swam. I, I, you know, for the team. I, I, I have to have a bathing suit.
0: Well, it, it sounds like we could drop you out of a helicopter somewhere and you would survive just fine Just as for those well. things, yeah. If I had those
1: things, I think I could.
0: All right. Well, Commissioner Constantine, thank you so much for your time this afternoon and joining me here in Studio 67. Until next time. Thank you, Ginger.